0: This is the Commonwealth City Church podcast. Thanks for listening. Commonwealth is a church in Lexington, Kentucky. For more info, visit our website at CommonwealthCityChurch.com and follow us on Instagram at ComCityChurch. We hope you enjoy the message. Welcome to National Let a Geriatric in the Pulpit Sunday. Uh. It's good to be with you. I am Butch. I'm one of, uh, I'm one of six elders we have here at the church, and uh, uh, you know we kind of take turns of uh, get, getting up here in, in front of you guys, and it's, uh, it, it's such a joy and privilege to work with the guys that we work with and, and, and all the folks that kind of work behind the scenes. Uh, I, I wish you guys had an opportunity to, to see all of them because so much stuff takes place uh... that you know most of us never have the opportunity to see during the summer we typically do a series through psalms uh... because most of the students are gone for the three of you that are still here we thank you uh... and we know here and uh... you know in just a couple of months or actually a couple of weeks at this point right uh... It, you'll no longer be able to park in the library parking lot uh, but, uh, uh, it, it's, it's always kind of a treat to, to break out of our normal series and go through Psalms, even though I am like the last guy, because Psalms, music, right? I don't ever listen to music, like literally never, uh, and pretty much haven't my entire life. I'm just not a music uh, kind of guy. Uh, I would rather listen to books on tape or podcast or sermons or, or, or that kind of thing. And, and so it's, it's kind of a treat for me to get to do Psalms because it takes me out of my comfort zone and pulls me out of... You, you ever get in ruts, right? Like you do the same thing all the time? Uh, for five years, I worked at a construction company uh, as, uh, in, in, in the office, and they would buy us lunch and for five years, every day for lunch, five days a week, I had shrimp spicy fried rice. Because I like it. And if you like something, why would you change, right? And so five years, I had uh, spicy shrimp fried rice for, for lunch. And would do it again, except the restaurant closed. Uh once, uh, it was funny, once I left the company, the restaurant closed within six months. That's a true story. It was like, hmm, what, what might that say that I really don't want said in a public setting? Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, as we get through Psalms, man, there's so much there. And, and, and you know, we, we typically, we treat most Scripture like we treat the epistles, like we, we break it up into its points. Steve and I were talking this morning, and, and this psalm is a chiasm. And if you don't know what that means, Steve, can you raise your hand? Steve's sitting right here. Go ask him, because I have no idea. <laughs> right, like that's, my seminary was for the dumb guys. You know, I was like, okay, we're going to start with the short books, uh, and, uh, and, and Steve went to one of those that they actually studied Hebrew and stuff. Uh, I know a little Greek. He runs a sandwich shop right down on Southland Drive. Uh, and, you know, but, but for me, just the simplicity of, of the book, you got to love it, right? And yet, even in the simplicity, there's complexities there that we don't get. And there's complexities that David didn't get. Is he like he's writing this down? And you know, we're looking over his shoulder, going, dude, you got no clue. You know, you, you have no understanding about what you're writing. And yet the Holy Spirit was inspiring him. Right? So we're going to look at this psalm now. But before we look at it, I'm going to ask you to do something kind of strange. Boy, it's, so good, I, I see a lot of you with your Bibles and with your phones, and so uh, I'm going to ask you to shut them. Not your phones, your, your Bibles, uh, your phones you can actually turn off, uh, because we're going to go through this psalm and maybe see if we can learn it together. So Lord, just speak to us through your Word, and here's our, here's our story. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You who have set your glory above the heavens, you have ordained strength out of the mouths of babies and nursing infants because of your enemies. You have silenced your enemies and the avenger. When I consider the work of your fingers, the the moon and the stars, what is man that you're mindful of him or or the son of man that you care for him? For, For you have made him a little lower than the angels. You've crowned him with glory and honor. You made him that he might have dominion over the, the work of your hands. You've placed everything under his feet. The, the sheep and the oxen, the beast of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish that swim along the paths of the sea. Our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And that's our story from God's Word. So I want to get you guys to help me. This, this is where you get to talk back. Right? Some of what you guys dreamed about as a teenager growing up in your homes. So he starts out by saying something twice. Oh, yeah, our Lord. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how is, is what? Your yeah, your name. Where? In yeah, in all the earth. You who have, yeah, set your glory above what? Yeah, above the heavens. You have ordained, yeah, the guns gave it away, didn't it? Yeah, you, you have ordained strength in the, of what? And nursing infants. Like, oh, well, of course. I mean, that's, that's where you find strength, right? Uh, because of who? Yeah, because of your enemies. And you have silenced whom? Yeah, your enemies and the avenger. Like, where did that come from? Uh, and, and, and then he says, when I consider the work of your fingers, and he names two things specifically. Yeah, the moon and the stars, Uh, what is, yeah, what is man uh, that you have, oh, and I just, boy, I just totally lost that. Uh, What is man that you are mindful of him and who? Yeah, the son of man that you care for him uh, because you have made him, little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You made him to have, kind of a cool word, yeah, dominion over, yeah, all the work of your hands, uh, and you have placed everything under his feet. And then he names two animals in particular. Sheep and oxen and then the, yeah, and it's, it's kind of important on that last one, fish that swim along the paths of the sea, right? I, I know, and I'm going to tell you why that's important in just a minute. And, and then he finishes by what? Yeah, oh Lord, I, and there comes the chiasm. And again, see Steve, he's usually up till 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, so if you want, I can post his number, uh, and you can call him to to ask him uh, uh, about that. Oh, Lord, our Lord. And and so if you, you know, and and you can open your Bibles now. Uh, And here's the reason I had you close your Bibles, because if you have your Bibles open, you're going to be looking at it, and you're not going to be remembering it. Uh, So hopefully now you can check and see, uh, and and whatever version you're going to be using, you're going to notice some differences there because uh, the version I just quoted is the Roy Curtis Vernon III version, uh, where I took about five different versions and put them together uh, to where it made the most sense to me. But in in the, the English, that first Lord is all capitalized. And the second one is just the L is is capitalized. So it's two different words uh in the in the Hebrew. And it's interesting because when God introduces himself to Moses, he introduces himself as all caps, L-O-R-D, Lord. Uh, I am who I am. Like, yeah, that's I'm me. There's nobody like me, nobody before me, nobody other than me. I'm, I'm, I am. Uh, and, and it's interesting as you go through the Gospels and you look at Jesus. I mean, every time he, he said I am, people just freaked out, especially in the Gospel of John. They're like, dude, you can't say that because you're saying you're God and you're not. We don't think, but, uh, you know, and, and they, just, they just totally go off the rails because they understand what he's saying. And here David is writing. And, and there's a lot of debate about when David wrote this. I'm A lot of guys are like, well, this is obviously when David was a shepherd because he was looking up in the sky and he saw the moon and the stars. And, and I'm kind of thinking, you know, I, I'm, I'm guessing he looked up in the sky other than just when he was a shepherd. The moon and the stars were probably all still there. I, I mean, if, if he went up on the roof of his palace and looked up, be like, dude, look at that. And as he looks up, he's just, have oh. you ever been in one of those places where, where just the, the majesty of God became real to you, not a concept, right, but a reality? I was, uh, I was moving some books this week uh, in, in, into our offices, and, and as, I, as I did, I had to move something out of the way. And it was—it's my ordination certificate, which I haven't looked at in in forever. I was ordained into the gospel ministry on April twelfth, nineteen eighty-seven. I'll give you a minute, because you're all going carry the one, three. Uh, it, it, yeah, it's, it's been a long time ago. I was four, uh, you know, uh, ordained at an early early age. Uh, and for years, so you know, almost 35 years, I was a, been an ordained minister for most of that time. I was preaching at least three sermons a week, very often more than that. Uh, you know, And you know the danger of that? The danger of that is this becomes a textbook. The danger of that is this becomes a toolbox, and it ceases to be a love letter, right? Some of you guys have have been believers for a long time, And, and, and you've studied the Word. Some of you grew up in Sunday school, right? Some of you were born on the front pew of the church in the morning service. You know, you've been in church that long, right? And you're just You're just so familiar. You're so familiar with the things of God. And my my question for you and for me, have you lost the wonder? Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm with a ministry. Usually, I travel around a lot. There was a little thing this last year. It was a little pandemic. You might have read about it. Uh, and, And so, I was not able to travel the way I normally do. But normally, I spend about two months out of the year in California. Our headquarters is literally in the middle of the desert. And for because I snored, they, had, they made me sleep in a tent outside one of our meetings, and I got up in the middle of the night to go outside, and when I went outside, I, I, was, I just looked up the sky and I went, ah! where, where did those stars come from? We don't have those stars in Kentucky. You know, it's a different sky. <laughs> right? And, and, and I just sat on a rock praying there were no rattlesnakes, And stared up at the sky and was amazed and overwhelmed and overcome with the glory of God. Just, oh my, this is incredible. And and that's kind of what I pictured going on with David here, right? How majestic is your name? God's name. You ever ever ponder God's name? You know, I mean, why is it so special? I mean, it's so special. God gave ten commandments, right? There's a whole lot of stuff he could have given. But out of that ten, one of them is my name. It's like, okay, couldn't there have been, I mean, there are other things. but So one of God's top ten is how we treat his name. So, might that tell us anything about the importance of his name to God? Have, have you ever been around somebody, maybe somebody that doesn't know the Lord, and, and, and they were walking along and, and, bam, they stubbed their toe. And, and they grabbed their leg and they went, oh, Thor, son of thunder. I mean, did you... Did you hear him take the, the God of Thunder's name in vain? Or, or maybe they mashed their thumb with a with a hammer and they went, ah, Buddha? <laughs> what? I mean no? I mean, have you ever thought about that? There's a lot of gods. You know, there, there, there's a lot of, of people, creatures, beings that people consider gods. And yet, you never see people taking their name in vain. Have you ever pondered that? The, the name is special. I mean, there is power in the name of Jesus. And that's more than just a song it's a reality. And one of the ways that you tend to try to diminish the reality of power is to take it in vain. Right? And and so when people take God's name in vain, when they take Jesus's name in vain, you know, when, when they use it as a curse to send somebody to a a divine place of torment and punishment what they're trying to do is diminish the reality of that possibly happening because deep in everybody's deep in everybody's reality the way God has wired us I mean it's inside every one of us is the knowledge that God's word is true. That that is ingrained in human beings. Now we might fight against it, we might deny it, we might be able to give you all kind of really logical reasons why it's not so. But we have to do that in direct opposition to our predetermined wiring by God. How magnificent is your name? in all the earth. You who have set your glory above the heavens. You know, my wife is was amazing at teaching our kids and doing all these weird things that I was like, that's just, that's just weird. Hope the neighbors aren't watching kind of, you know, kind of thing. I mean, we lived in Florida. If it was a clear night, she'd take them out, have them lay on the concrete driveway and look up at the sky. And I'm just like, There's people that live around us and, and yet she would she would take them and, and have them sing scripture verses and have them do passage and they would look up at the sky and and just be in wonder because guys it's it's there it's there his his glory is there it's like hey over here you don't believe in me yet but i'm I'm speaking to you, oh, you don't own a Bible? you got the sky. You don't know how to read. Here's the moon and the stars. They came from someplace. It's up to you to be curious enough to look uh one of one of my favorite missionary stories there were some missionaries that went deep into the jungle and uh, they were going to visit this this tribal group that had never had contact with somebody from outside their region. And so these missionaries came in, and when they came into the village, uh, before they ever got there, right, the people heard them coming because missionaries, they're all clumsy, right? And, and so the, the chief was at the outskirts of the village to welcome and said, we have been waiting for you. What do you mean waiting for us? How did you know we were were coming? Because our witch doctor a year ago had a dream. And in this dream, there were people from another place that were coming to see us. And we were told to build a structure so that when you got here, you could tell us what it was we needed to know about the great creator of everything that is. And so they walked down the middle of this village, and at the end of this, I mean, it's a tiny little village, at the end of this village, there was a church built out of bamboo. It had a steeple and a cross, and none of these people had been outside the village before. And, and, and the wish doctor said, I was, I was sitting up on top of a mountain, and I was I was praying to the great creator uh, that I, I wanted to know more about him. And he said, I needed to build this because he was sending somebody. And so they gathered everybody in this church and they preached the gospel and the entire village came to Christ. Because one guy was faithful to the revelation that God gave him. Right? And in the second part of the psalm, you have ordained strength from babies and nursing infants because of your enemies, to silence your enemies and the avenger. So here we have a baby army. right? You're like, yeah, I don't think that's going to work too well. Right? I mean, it's, about the only thing you can do with a baby is trip over it, right? Maybe, maybe throw dirty diapers as a weapon or something, right? I mean, it's just like what that—that that does not seem to be the most well thought out offensive military plan. Let's attack with the babies first. Can, can we can we talk about this for a minute? You know. And yet, David's going. David's writing this down, right? And I just love this. Come here, you have King David, pretty good guy. He has no clue what he's saying. A thousand years later, a thousand years which is older than most of you are. right? Jesus comes, born of a virgin, lives a perfect, sinless life. And about a week before his death, he sends his disciples, hey guys, listen, I want you to go into town. You're going to find a donkey and it's going to have a colt. Bring it to me. Lord, they, they call that stealing. If anybody asks you about it, just tell them, you know, just tell them the master has has Neva. Okay. And so they bring it. He gets on this. They go on the triumphal entry. People put palm branches down. We celebrate that every year before Easter, Palm Sunday. And, 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 man, everybody's just freaking. They're like, whoop, whoop. I mean, it is not a Baptist meeting, right? You could tell because people were happy. You know, many Baptists need to let their smile know they're saved, right? It's more like, I'm going to heaven when I die. Man. So they're having this party, and, and, and then Jesus, man, he, he just tops it off. He goes to the temple, and he cleanses the temple. And this is not a bucket of soap and mop kind of deal, right? He he. he He chases people out of the temple and says, My father has said this is to be a house of prayer, and you've made it a den of thieves. And then they brought the sick and the lame to him in the temple after he cleansed it, and he healed all of them. And the children were saying, Hosanna to the son of David. And the chief priest and the scribes. And the scribes are guys that spent their whole life. man, with their nose in the book. Making sure it was being copied in the right way. With no mistakes. They love the word. And so they came to Jesus. The chief priest and scribes they came to Jesus and said, Hey, Jesus, don't... Don't you hear what these children are saying? And here's Jesus' response uh, you've, you've, you've never read Psalm 8? Out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise? And, it, and you know what happened? moving right along. They were silenced. They had nothing to say. There was no answer. Jesus quoted Psalm 8 and said, here is the fulfillment. This is what David was writing about A thousand years ago, God knew. A thousand years before. You know what this also says? What what does Psalm 8? You have given, out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have given strength to do what? To silence who your enemies so according to jesus who were the enemies of god that's being referred to in this psalm it was religious leaders it was people who love the book but they lost touch with the lord of the book guys it is so easy to fall into a system of religion and to lose the reality, the majesty, the mystery of who God is and what he expects. And, and it's so easy to spend all our time trying to figure out every jot and tittle. i got to be real honest. If I was there with Jesus, I, I might have been bold enough to argue with him about, Hey, Lord, you know, I'm not sure that this is exactly what, what this was referring to. But yeah, I think he probably knows better than me. Right? Some of us, we look at God's word, and because there's something we can't figure out, we're like, well, this just can't be. It's God. If we can figure it all out, it's not God. Right? Embrace the mystery, embrace the fact you don't get it. It's okay. Listen, if you guys have a God that I can figure out, we're all in trouble. But you know one of the things that stands out to me about this? For a thousand years, people would have misinterpreted this passage. Uh, yes. Can you imagine a rabbi during the time of, of David going, Okay, guys, let me tell you what this is going to mean. The the, the my people, the leaders of the synagogue, we're the enemies that, that David is referring to here. Can, can you imagine that sermon? And now we're going to take the offering, <laughs> right? Like crickets. Nothing would have been because they're like, no, no, no. You, you, he cannot have been talking about religious people. I mean, these are people that through the years, they were willing to give their lives for what they believed in. But how easy was it for them to get off track? And yet God had a plan. Anybody here ever enter into a phase of life that you didn't get it? I mean, you're going through something. You're going, I didn't see that coming. No, uh, Wait, where, where's God in this? What sickness? No, God. God can't be in that. F- financial difficulty? Uh-uh. No, no way. God's God can't be there. Oh, relationship issues? I'm probably stretching it there. Probably none of us have gone through that. Yeah, God. God. You know. Oh, that's no. He's he's not. Listen, He knows. He knows. And He will take all those things. Where did He set His glory? Above the heavens. Sometimes our difficulties can be used to enhance His glory. In ways we couldn't see. In ways we might not even understand this side of heaven, right? Because we look at things from, we look at things from a very timely perspective, right? I mean, many of you all are here are young enough that you've not lost many people that you've loved dearly yet. Some some have. For some of you, there's you've you've gone through that, and you go, man, you don't know what you're talking about. I know some of you have, but for those of us that are older, I mean, at this point in my life, I've got more loved ones on the other side of eternity than I do on this side, right? Like, all the people I grew up with, they're pretty much gone. God's got a plan for all that. He can use all that in in ways that we can't understand. And so when we get to those points where we don't know, we don't get it, we don't understand, then we cry out to him and say, God, your honor, your glory are so far beyond my understanding. I don't get it and I'm struggling, but I trust you because you are the God of all that is, all that will be. And all that's ever been. He doesn't change. He's consistent. His love is consistent regardless of our circumstances. And man, I wish you guys had listened faster because the second part of this psalm is even better than the first part. We're not going to get there. Which means you're going to need to look at it on your own. Because there it talks about the dignity of man. You know, evolution says we're creatures that just kind of happened and we live and we die and we feed the grass. And God says, I made you a little lower than the angels, but you have a task to represent me in ways you can't imagine. He has given us dignity and honor and responsibility. And we need to be found faithful. When's the last time you were amazed by God? When's the last time you searched out for Him in a way that went beyond your your typical understanding? Telling you, he's there, and he can handle your questions. He can handle them. He's not afraid of them. He's not offended by them. He can handle them. Just trust him. If you're here today and and you have questions about these things, there's several of us elders here. Uh, some of us will be outside hanging out. We'd love to talk to you. If you have questions about the chiasm, Steve's here. Up here we we have a bowl full of grape juice and little cardboard crackers. You know, and and it's not about it's not about this, but it's about what it represents. You see, part of God's plan was for his son to come in the flesh, live a perfect, sinless life, and die a sacrificial death for each one of us so that we would have the chance of eternal life. And guys, we have no concept of what that looks like. Even even the Bible, we look and it's like, wow, we're going to live forever with God in an eternal kingdom where we do stuff not playing harps. And it's going to be amazing. Every day is going to be better than the day before. We worship Him physically, right there, with no sin to separate us. When we come together at communion, that's what this represents. And I invite you today, if you're a born-again believer, come and partake, but ask God to amaze you. At the sacrifice he made for you. Father God, as uh, the guys come up to, to lead us in in our closing hymns, I just pray that you would speak to us through your word, through your spirit. Lord, amaze us. Amaze us at who you are and what you have done. Amaze us at what is ahead for us as your children. Lord Jesus, May your name have the power in our lives that you intend for it to have. May you be honored and glorified through all that we do. I pray that you would meet us right where we are this morning, in our fears, in our doubts, in our concerns. Lord, we believe. Help our unbelief. Use this time, Lord, to draw us to you. For it's in Christ's name we pray.